0: We have been talking about how to be radically dependent on God throughout this journey in Matthew. Jesus has been showing us through his dependence on God; he has been that example for us, uh, by uh, that example for us as to what a a life radically dependent on God means. Um, but also, he has been teaching us what it means to be radically dependent. And uh, when we learn those lessons, we can think about how we are going to live them out, and, and we're going to think about, okay, well, I can do this, and I can do th- that, and then real life happens, and we encounter someone else, and our greatest plans, our greatest desires to live out the, the grace of God in our lives get thwarted by the fact that now I've got to interact with someone else, you know, Lord, if it were just me and you, I think I could do this. Oftentimes pastors will joke that, that we have the greatest job in the world. It's just the people, <laughs> ourselves included. And so what happens when we encounter other people? What happens? And we dealt with that a little bit last week. But this, ha- uh, this week talks about what happens when we encounter God's grace in other people's lives. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter twenty verses 1 through 16. Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16. Open your Bibles there. And as you're doing that, you know, what we're going to consider in this is, as Pastor Dina talked with the kids is the fact that, that God deals with us according to His grace and not according to our merit. God deals with us according to His grace and not according to our merit. So Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16. Here's God, hear God's word as I share it with you. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And he told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right. So They went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, an hour before quitting, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius, which is a day's wages. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do with do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? In this way, the last will be first and the first will be last. This is God's Word to us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again as we come to your Word for the the grace that we can find it for the for the hope that we can find in your word, Lord. We also find difficulty and we find um, frustration when we read your word. We can be confused. We can be angry, and so help us to see through that to what you would have for our hearts and strengthen your word within us so that we can live by faith. Strengthen my words during this time, O oh God, because mine are empty just a vapor in the wind, but you hold the very words of eternal life. So may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, there are three main questions that I want to deal with as we come to this passage. and those three questions are, are, are this. One, who gets grace? Two, how and why is grace discri- distributed? And three, uh, what do we do with that grace when we receive it and when we uh, see it in others? So who gets grace? How and why is grace distributed? And, when, what, and then what do we do with that grace? Well, it's helpful as we start out to take a look at who the landowner is sending out into his vineyard. You know, we have a tendency when we're looking at this, because I think we have a, on the surface, we like this parable. On the surface, we think, Okay, we like the idea, we know, realize this talks about God's grace, we like the idea that everyone gets grace, but when we come to the crux of the matter, when we come to the, the, the workers being paid, there's still a little bit of frustration that we have because we're like, I get it. I wouldn't want to be in the heat of the day all day and then just get paid the same as, as the person who was hired just an hour before quitting time. So who are these people? who are these workers? Well, you know, as we read the parable, we see that Jesus uh, tells uh, that this landowner goes out first thing in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. It was a common practice. Day laborers would be in the marketplace. Landowners would go out and would hire people. And the the people that are there first, the, the landowner goes, I'll take you, 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 And he hires them and said, listen, if you come work in my vineyard, I'm going to give you a day's wages. Does that sound fair? Sounds fair to me. And so they agree on this contract. They agree that I'm going to get a day's wages for a day's work. He sends them off into the vineyards. And then uh, about three hours later, about nine in the morning quarter of the day is over, the landowner comes back to the marketplace and he looks for more workers who is still out there looking for work. And now to in order to to um to to understand who these people are, how many of us uh, in elementary school play dodgeball or kickball or or okay, yeah, I'm seeing some hands. Uh, Okay, who gets picked first in dodgeball? pitchers the people who play sports the people who are, are 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 quick on their feet who gets picked second and third who gets picked last no one raise your hand if i it's just i don't want to know i don't I don't want to know that me anyway uh, so you know th- what happens is the best workers get picked first, the youngest, the strongest, the the most willing, the the most capable. And and what happens as the day goes on is that the people who remain are the people who are less able. They are the people who are less capable. They are the people who who have less worth in terms of economic value. And so this landowner goes out nine in the morning, and he goes out at noon, and he goes out at three o'clock who is left here? I will take you, and I'll take you, and I'll take you. I'm not pointing to anyone in specific. But the, the, he goes out, and he picks these people who are less desirable, and he welcomes them in. Finally, five o'clock in the afternoon, one hour before quitting, he goes out, and he finds still other workers. Why have you been here all day? I have been here three other times, four other times. Why are you here? because no one has hired us. These are people that perhaps are the, 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 the least capable, the least able, but perhaps these are also people who have gone and they have tended to their own issues first. They have tended their own land first. They have tended their own families first, and they are coming here because I still, even after working for myself, can't quite make the ends meet. And so even if I can't get a day's wages, even if I can just get a few bucks, I am willing to come out and work a second job. And so these are, these are people who are desperate. These are people who no one else will hire. These are people who, for whatever reason, are just, just not good enough to make the cut for every other vineyard in the area. And, and these are the people that the landowner goes after these are the land uh, the people who the landowner has sought out because the landowner has intentionally gone out to this marketplace and looked for people time and time again you know in our own in our own uh reading of it we may look at this and say you know these are the the people who are lazy these are the people who but that's not the issue necessarily the landowner goes out and is searching for people. And so what happens is that the people in the vineyard are this strange collection of the most able, the, the, the strongest and the best, all the way down to the incapable, the desperate, the, the, the down on the luck and the least able. And, and so what we get here is a picture of the kingdom of heaven. You know, the, the, the parable is there to, to teach us who is coming into the kingdom, and it teaches us that, that it isn't just about the best and the brightest. You know, I remember, and maybe many, many of you remember being in high school or being in elementary, for some of you that's remembering two days, uh, for some of that, us that's remembering a little farther. But, you know, we think about what we want to be, and, you know, I want to go, and I want to, to, to be the best at this, and I want to be the, the best at that. I want to go to the best college. I want to go to the best university. And if you work hard, and if you, and if you um, pay your dues, and if, you, and if you put in the effort, you know, you earn better, Right? And that's the way that the world works. And that's the way that, that the world has worked in, the, for, in this world of the landowner, except he has gone out and he has sought the people that have been left behind by that very system, that, that merit-based system. It, it's work on merit because the first who are, are, are the strongest and the best, and, and he has gone out intentionally looking. Now we need to admit something here. The landowner is a commercial flop. This is not the way you run a business. You don't go out and say, hey, today, I'm hiring. I would like mediocrity. Really like to find a mediocre person to fill the job. Business textbooks are not filled with information on how to find the mediocre and the least able. Business textbooks are filled with information on how to hire the best, the smartest, the most capable. And yet what Jesus says is, I'm going to take you, I'm not concerned about the economic impact, I'm not concerned necessarily about the task, but what I am concerned about is who is in my vineyard and that you get to it. And so, who gets grace? Well, it's this wonderful collection of people who recognize their need and who have been found by the landowner. It's not just the best. It's not just people who have worked their entire life, who know how to put an honest day's wages in, who know how to, to be, the, uh, be a church for the longest period of time. But they are the ones who have recognized their need and who have gone in and said, there must be something else. There must be someone willing to take me. And what they find is they find the landowner who says, yes, yes, I will take you, and I have the ability to take care of you. So how and why is this grace distributed? I talked in Sunday school this morning about the fact that, that this parable really hinges on one little instruction. Call the workers together and pay the ones who were hired last first. You know, if the landowner had gone out and hired the, the people who were, who were hired first and paid them, no one would have been the wiser. No one would have known. Perhaps they might have found out in the marketplace the next day, but it would have kind of been hearsay and, and maybe there was something going on. But here, the landowner distributes his money in order to display his generosity. Think about that. The, the landowner isn't doing this because he wants to, to, to create a ruckus. The landowner wants to do this because he wants to demonstrate his generosity. Look, I am able and I want to make sure that people taken, are taken care of. In that day, a denarius was a day's wages. And the law was that you needed to pay people every single day because they needed that money in order to live. You talk about paycheck to paycheck. If you're being paid weekly or bi-weekly, that's a long time. This is, this is paycheck to paycheck where pay is daily, where you're waiting on that day's pay to take care of the issues for that day. There's no extra left over. There's no, there's no surplus. There's no, oh, I'll go to the bank and get my other denarii but this is i need my pay for today and so i know my the landowner is going to give it to me and so the landowner is doing this to display his generosity these people need this money whether they are the ones who bore the heat of the day or whether they are the the second class or third class workers or whether they are the ones who had to take care of other things and are just looking for something to make the ends meet the landowner is saying I have the ability to take care of all of you. And I have the resources to take care of all of you. You each are going to be taken care of. God gives grace freely because God wants to demonstrate His abundant riches. That, that there is grace enough for everyone, that there is, that there is uh, redemption enough for everyone, that, that it doesn't matter if you have been there all day or whether you have had to take care of things and you're just coming in the door as things are starting to close down. God is able to care for you. I say that in a a room like this, we're all here and we're talking about this, but maybe we deal with the question of, of, you know, I haven't been in the church my entire life. I haven't been to this church my entire life. I haven't, you know, I haven't done things. I haven't really committed my life to God and made Christ the center of my life. Is there still room for me? And Jesus says through the parable, yes, there is. Because it's not about your merit, it's about my resources and look at my generosity and look at my resources. The the view of the church too often is is this stingy, miserly, hypocritical place. Yet when we look at what Jesus talks about here and why the landowner goes and puts his generosity on display, it's to say that there is enough. That there there need not be infighting, there need not be scraping and clawing, there need not be worry about how long we have been here or not been here or what has happened or what has taken us where because the landowner has enough and that is enough. Powerful message in a world that has has kicked and scraped by operating out of merit all the time. And in this, the landowner demonstrates that he cares more about the people than he does, like I said, about the commercial enterprise. It's obvious the landowner isn't in it for the money. He didn't need all those workers. Why would you go at 5 o'clock? to look for more workers when you're closing down in an hour. Rather, instead of wanting the workers work, he wants the workers. Do you hear that? He doesn't want what they can provide. He wants them. And so he wants them to experience grace. He wants them to experience generosity. He wants them to experience security of knowing that you are taken care of. I can provide. What do we reflect in our daily lives? When people encounter us, when people see us as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ's church, what do they see? Do they see people who are radically concerned about merit, Or do they see people radically concerned about people and about God's grace and about getting into God's kingdom? Are we concerned about what people can provide or are we concerned about the people themselves as Jesus is? Because when it comes to to grace, churches... Like to to focus on budgets because mostly because for most churches the budgets are tightening the the belt is getting tighter the number of members is going down and so churches tend to think in a resource scarce kind of mindset but the reality is in this parable God is saying it's not about the material resources that you can provide it's about the grace that I can provide and there is an abundance find them more and put them into my vineyard. I've got the resources, and I've got the ability. So what do people see when they encounter us? Do they see the just more of the same in a religious veil of this world, or do they see the grace of God? Do they see us being radically dependent on that grace which is sufficient the Apostle Paul, as he was uh, talking in one of his letters, said, I had a thorn in my flesh and I wanted it taken out. I, I wanted it taken care of because it hurt. And he said, three times I prayed to the Lord that he would take it away from me, but, but the Lord said to me, no, because my grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in weakness. The issue is not about our ability. The issue is about God's grace. So what do we do with that grace when we receive it and when we see others receive it? Let me ask this question. Did anyone, Did, the, did the, the unfair wage make anyone in this room uncomfortable other than me? Thank you. Thank you. A couple of people willing to own up to it because you go, I like the idea of everyone getting grace, but I don't like this idea of... Hmm. Even understanding grace, we still have this tension uh, in us because we want to see people paid fairly. We want to see fairness operate in the world. And so paying the workers the same probably bothered a good number of us. After all, if we were in those workers' shoes, we'd be ticked too, start out at 6 in the morning, end at 6 at night, and I'm getting the same as a one hour? Hmm. What the discomfort shows us, though, is that we are most likely still operating out of merit rather than operating out of grace. Discomfort shows us that we're operating out of merit and not operating out of grace. You know, the, the, the workers that were paid the denarius for their full day of wages were upset. We should have gotten more. And the landowner says, I, friend, I haven't done anything wrong. Didn't you agree to this? There, there was an agreement. There was a contract in place. You give me a day's work, I give you a day's wages. Take your pay and go. I haven't done anything wrong. What's what is wrong here is that we get ticked off because the landowner is generous. That someone else has been taken care of, but they they came they're Johnny Come Latelys. I have been working in this vineyard all day. I have been looking after it. I have done the work. I've borne the heat of the day. I've been in this church for forty years. Oh, oh, that gets a little close, Jesus. No, 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 no. Lord, I have given my entire life, and you're telling me my grace is sufficient. Lord, you're telling me that if I work for my grace is sufficient. We are still operating out of merit if we are uncomfortable with God taking care of other people. Even when we have put in the work for the kingdom. Rather than having a, a scarce mindset, having a, a mindset of abundance and joy is what's called for in the moment. Not once did the workers say, hallelujah, because those people who, who are less able are going to be able to go home and take care of their families. Hallelujah, because the, the landowner has the ability to make sure that, that people who aren't wanted by any other operation are taken in. There's no joy for the workers for, for what the landowner is able to do. They would rather see the, they would rather see either the other people suffer or themselves get more. But they don't want to see this, this grace that leaves them with the same. They're so focused on themselves. But rather than jealousy, we should have a heart for others to come and find who they're meant to be. What I mean by that, the, the, the workers went into the vineyard and they were able to find meaning and purpose in work. They were waiting in that marketplace for someone to, to show them that they were worth something, anything please, I'll, I'll take a couple, couple coins for a few hours of work. Just show me that I can do it. And yet this landowner comes and says, you are worth the full thing to me. No matter what your ability is, no matter where you came from, no matter what your background is, no matter what your ability is, no matter what anything is, you are worth the full amount to me. And in that, I want you to find your meaning and your purpose. It's in Christ that we're able to find our meaning and our purpose. It's in Christ that we are able to find who we are called and meant to be. Connected to God, we are able to find out who God has called us to be. Everything outside of that is striving for something that is going to leave us empty. Yet when we are called in, even at the, the 11th hour, funny, that's where that phrase comes from, but even when we are call, called in at the eleventh hour, we are able to find a new life and a new and a new purpose and new meaning because there is enough. Are we a people who are characterized by wanting to see others know who they are in Christ? Are we a people who who desire to see no matter? what stage of life or what background someone is in, that they should know what life in Christ is like and to rejoice to see them in the kingdom of heaven even ahead of us. Is that who we are? That's who the kingdom of heaven is full of. People from all sorts of backgrounds but we are all bound together by this gracious, gracious God who deals with us according to His grace and praise Him not according to our merit. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your grace. Thank You that, that You do not leave us at the 11th hour, but You show up and you call us and you send us out into your vineyard, that we are able to find meaning and purpose, and we are able to find our being and our identity in you. What an offer. When we see that happen to others, Lord, no matter what stage of life, help us to rejoice as you do, because you are the one who rejoices over the one who is lost, over the 99 who have stayed. Give us the mindset of Jesus in all that we do. We give you thanks, O Lord. Pray it would be so in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.